What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Planning Desk Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Burmeister, joined by my co-host, freshly back from vacation, I might add, Tony Seek, Mr. Purple. How you doing? Welcome back. I'm good. This is actually, you know, um, yes, the cat's out of the bag. You and I both, well, I was on vacation. Our producer was on jury duty. I had a quick getaway. You had a quick getaway, not as long as mine. Um, but yeah, so we're a couple days late. It just goes to show that we were unprepared for uh, this. But it, it's funny. It's We come back to a lot of news. Yeah, we, we do. Before we get there, how was your trip? Oh, it was great. Went out to Willamette Valley. Met some friends up there who are traveling up the uh, the East Coast or West Coast. That is in Oregon? Yep. It is in Oregon, just about an hour from Portland. Um had been to Napa, had not been there. Like very, you know, very lovely wine country. It's a lot more, a lot more chill than Napa. Uh, had some great pinots, uh, a lot of great wine, a lot of, a lot of great places. But uh, yeah, it was beautiful. They had like thirty-year record high temperatures too. So like seventy-five, eighty. Um, you were in Hilton Head. Hilton Head Island. <clears throat> we take the kids there every year. It's funny um, when I talk about our family quote unquote vacations. They're not vacations. Yeah, they're trips, right? Mm-hmm. You have five kids. You pack up a van and you drive 16 hours. There's no vacation. survival. Yeah, <laughs> it literally is survival. Um, but yeah, we do that a couple times a year. We drive down there. Uh, it's the more economical approach when you're trying to, fl- you know, flying seven people somewhere with pack and plays and wheelchairs and strollers and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it was good. Um, Hilton Head's a great spot for kids. Um, weather was decent. South Carolina, South Carolina, off the coast of South Carolina, right by Savannah, Georgia, Tybee Islands there. A lot of fun. I was there during the PGA event. Yes. I tried to walk on. Um, they, <laughs> they denied me entry, um, but that was cool as well. So I was there during the RBC Heritage Classic. So a lot of fun. But, yeah, we came back to a lot of news, right, and a lot of stuff. And we've come back to a pretty good response to the first four episodes yeah. especially the last one with Corey. um and now we're kind of moving forward we have tons of speakers lined up we do we've actually had inbound requests for speakers which has been flattering um we're, we're guests excuse me guests um but before we do that uh, we thought we'd have an episode just kind of on on the news yep right and you know, because there's a lot of stuff percolating around the new administration and some of their um, their thoughts for yep. uh, taxes. So we're going to kind of go into that a bit, and then we're going to talk about how technology kind of solves that, in particular, Navaplan. But yeah, this will be a fun one. I think it'll be quick, informative, just really around that topic of the advisors, how they get ready for significant changes, how they prepare their clients for that, how they educate themselves on that, and the technology. Yeah, no craft beer, no rum chata. Just what you see is what you get. So we'll give it a whirl. This is weird. Yes, we're yeah. This is just us, nice and sober, talking about stuff. Well, here we go. Here we go. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about get excited. excited. We get excited about administration changes and taxes and capital gains. When we come back on the Planning Desk podcast. So we're back in the planning desk podcast and, and we find ourselves in kind of a unique period here for for advisors where we're fresh off the announcement of the the, uh, the Biden administration's American Families Plan, the new tax plan, mm-hmm. uh, which has obviously not yet become law. 
but nonetheless has some pretty significant implications, potentially, from a financial planning standpoint, right? Um, so despite the fact that, um, that there differences will emerge between what we see here and, and, and what ultimately will become law, now who knows how, how that will be, advisors nonetheless are, are going to have a lot of inquiries from clients, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's, um, no matter what happens. Or right? how you think about it. Or right, exactly. Your political position aside, right, the proposal gets floated out, right? Some of that might become law. There might be some permutations and changes, but the fact still remains that it's very topical. And changes are coming. Right, and changes are coming, potentially. And so advisors are, you know, it's actually, when you think about, like, advisors, they probably deal with some of the most career-changing regulations. Sure. Absolutely. You know, professionally, right? Mm -hmm. So how... As an advisor, put your financial advisor hat on. Yeah. And my question to you, Tom, is how do you stay apprised of this kind of change? Right. I, th I think, well, first of all, let's make a note that someday maybe I'll get a financial advisor hat and I can actually put it on. I think we, I, um, can you do that, Guthrie? Can you make one? We can try that. Get so while, yeah, on it. Yeah, while we ponder that, <laughs> um, yeah, I think certainly – the, the the I think you immediately have to go into the mode of educating yourself first of all. But the way that you ultimately are going to become intimately familiar with with the proposal is is probably quite different than how you want to initially communicate this to your clients. And it's a a, a very quick pivot to trying to proactively put together a summary that, to the extent it applies to to your client base, you can get something out there so at least they know that you're keeping track of it and that when it comes time to discuss it, whether that's now tomorrow or or whenever um, that you'll be ready for it but uh, the, a very succinct summary showing that you understand it and you're monitoring is is got to be the first step sure so but let, let's pause for a second so you're you, so resources right yep. so you unearth those resources maybe it's a paid subscription yep. something like a bna or something free like the tax foundation does a great job they already have stuff out there so that's great. Then, mm -hmm. then you digest that and then you communicate that outwards. Yes. And what does that message look like? Well, I think aside from you know whether you feel comfortable expressing your opinions on it, I think it's uh, the fact of the matter is that you need to figure out based on your client base what aspects are going to impact your clients the most, and then start to look at your A clients, your A listers, and say, and probably do proactive reach outs and say, okay, these are the things that potentially could be impactful. So let's continue to monitor this, but. We're looking at some potential changes next year for X, Y, and Z and start to start to look at might, what that might look like. Are you going to redo the whole financial plan for all your clients today? I hope not. I don't think that's necessary. But I think it's really about instilling the confidence that that you know that that this is underway and that you know there's going to be some conversations of changes that we, we might have to make uh, and the client's best interest and how it's going to affect them is always at, at, at top of mind for the advisor, but it's about educating first. And that's interesting because I think it's really important to point out that, so maybe the advisor is doing all that research internally. Maybe they have individuals within the organization that are doing that yep. for them. They're getting these digests and they're tracking it closely, mm -hmm. right? We all watch CNBC. We all read the Wall Street Journal. So we're seeing all of that, right? But I think you make a really good point and hopefully advisors are doing this, or if not, they're gonna adopt this. It's the concept of proactive communication, yep. saying, hey, we're keeping an eye on this for you. We know it's coming. We know you see it in the news. We should not take action now, right? But we know and we should start tracking for that because we can plan for that. 
I think a great example is capital gains, right? So yep. I don't want to go into the details because it's still a proposal, but there's a potential that the capital gains tax on million dollar plus earners uh, won't double, but it'll get pretty high. Yep. And so it's intuitive for an advisor to not only begin to communicate that this potential change is going to happen, but you might, he or she might suggest that we have to take action this year. Yep. But what does that do? That demonstrates intellect. That demonstrates being the trusted source for this news, but also saying we're thinking about that. Oh, yeah. Check. I mean, checking that box, the pure act of checking that box from a proactive communication standpoint, like you said, is, I mean, that that in itself is, is huge to be able to do that. Just sending it out and letting clients know you're thinking about them. Then I think, yeah, having some, some specific conversations, potentially about some actions we might want to take now, or at least start thinking about some contingency plans. For example, and you're in, uh, if we, we play on your, your example, somebody who's uh, thinking about selling a business, thinking about selling a business. Well, I mean, maybe you want to think a little harder about that or at least start going right. through the motions of, of maybe getting a little bit more serious about that, just in case. Or even on the uh, uh, di maybe a different end of the wall spectrum, somebody who's thinking about buying their first home. If you're working with uh, perhaps, uh, you know, the children of a client or, or doing multi-generational planning, somebody who's uh, going to buy their first home, potentially looking at a, a decent sized tax credit. So um, all that stuff, I mean, there, it, as far as like definitive action, you must do this now. No, but there's I think it, there's a ton of value in, in encouraging your clients to start thinking about it because ultimately it's their desires and, and what they want to accomplish that's important. Um, and, and, and taxes oftentimes can can play into that. But getting them to kind of start thinking about certain things, maybe more than they were before, is, is a huge first step for sure. Yeah. And I actually, um, you know, bring you bring up a good point. So last week we had Corey. The last mm -hmm. episode we had Corey on and he talked about mobile assistant and the dictation services that he provided and how you, after a meeting, you immediately have your notes dictated, Yep. right? And your point's really relevant there, right? So what if the client uttered that they're, they're thinking about in the next few years selling their business, mm -hmm. right? And if you didn't take those notes immediately and have them added into a, a CRM such as Redtail, mm -hmm. um, you would forget that that was mentioned. And in light of the potential changes to capital gains, you might want to accelerate that. Right. right, which is very powerful. Using technology to keep track of those things, such as someone uttering that they're thinking about selling their business and knowing that capital gains in 2021 could be significantly different. So talk about the power of technology, but the power of discovery, yes. too. Now, let me ask you another question. Do you think you brought up a good point about, you know, kind of summarizing and digesting and distributing maybe the tax code changes yep. and how that might imp imp impact your clients. I would challenge you to go a step further and think about, can we even get more personal and say to, you know, can you even in Navaplan or even in the CRM break apart your clients into kind of subsect subsect sectors that might include, okay, this group, we know the 401k credit impact will hit them hard this group capital gains will hit them hard or whatever that is hard mm -hmm. or soft could we do that can you compartmentalize that messaging oh yeah there's been so much good stuff over the years written about just the act of segmenting your book of business right like does your book of business exist as one big list of clients just with their names and, and all the other information you know about them or have you gone through and segmented the business owners 
folks that are that fall in, at this level of, of the wealth spectrum versus these folks, folks that are thinking about this, folks that have these concerns. Uh, the your your ability to react quickly and deliver personalized messages without having a you know a nightmare of, of sorting to do in order to just get this stuff out huge totally huge and technology is a huge enabler of that yeah, for sure it, so yeah even that aside so I mean we'll definitely address marketing yeah. automation tools Snappy Crack and FMG all those folks that do that right. Um, but you can do it on your own. Like, oh, even yeah. if you break up your book into thirds. It's the thought process that's the most important to get started, right? Exactly, right. And, it, and if you're a one-person shop or you've not invested in marketing tools and you send out these emails, look, you can even break it apart in, a like I said, thirds or, you know, whatever that is, whatever those groups are. And then you can summarize the email. The top of the email says, hey, we're watching this. These are the three things we yep. think will impact you. These are the other four things that won't, but we're watching them. And then just resort those right. for the three different groups of uh, you know, your clients. And wow, just like that, you personalize the message, made them see you're watching it specifically for them, right? This is unique to you, which builds confidence and, again, demonstrates that advisor gamble. Yeah, and that, that truly is the next level. Because let's be real, you might do an amazing job summarizing the uh, you know everything that's that's in the proposal um, but let's be real i think the it, it, there's a ton of good summaries out there already not even 24 full hours later after it comes out so clients can get the summaries anywhere but and if they get it from you great it shows that you're being proactive like we talked about but that extra gamification of uh, the personalized how it, how it may apply to you and being able to do that quickly that takes it to a completely different level and boil it down to them boil it down for them yes. in fact uh, when you and I were prepping for this episode, we looked at that 401k and I, I am no invest. I'm, I'm not an advisor. Um, I'm an investor and a naive one at that. And I had a hard time yeah. comprehending the 26% credit versus the, you know, the deduction, the deduction. Right. And so if you can even break that down, mm -hmm. for instance, with a model like yep. or just sim simplify that language, that'll also go a long way. example even. Right. It, it, Perfect example. Like if you could break it down, say if you do max contribution, this is what's going to happen to you based on these. I mean, that kind of stuff will be so, so powerful to your clients. And again, it'll demonstrate that you are keenly aware of their financial situation and it'll keep it'll keep them with you. Yep, absolutely. Demonstrating the expert expertise, demonstrating that you're going to be proactive about how you communicate with this. I mean, all little things that really do add up. We talk about them. They come from all different directions, but these are all need to be considered opportunities for advisors rather than just news events that you it, need to react to. You're 100% correct. Opportunities. And when you think about what goes into not only advice, but how technology generates that advice, when you think about the complexities of that and you think about all the work an advisor does or a financial professional does, we shouldn't sell ourselves short. No. Right? Because oftentimes an advisor might ignore that information or might not provide it to their clients because, you know, they don't need to know how the sausage is made. I beg to differ. Like if you demonstrate all the work you're doing on the analysis, absolutely on the plan, on how your software functions, how your software is importing that information, that's a powerful thing. That's what separates you from a robo-advisor. Yep. That's what separates you from a legal pad. Mm -hmm. As it separates you from your father-in-law, your client's father-in-law's advice, yep. right? And so I, I'm not suggesting pile it on. But what I am suggesting is I think the power of that information is not only a short-term impact, 
right? The mm-hmm. year of that tax law change, but also the long-term impact of your relationship. Right. And on the opportunity side of things, you're the marketing guy, not me. But what? so the, what is the saying? Like any news is good news? Yeah. It's sort of analogous to that, right? I mean, it's an op- opportunity, like I said, for for you to get in front of your clients for something that they probably know is happening and may even be somewhat educated about, but so much value in just being on that, that client news feed, essentially, and having you adding value because of it. Yeah, don't think, you know, what a good conversation, but don't think we are suggesting you invest in, you know, industry newsletters that you can share or marketing tools. Again, those are all great. There are some great tools out there that that empowers advisors to not only send out messaging and social media, but also where you can purchase that content, right? Mm -hmm. And that's very niche or unique to you. Those are great assets and tools, but we're not suggesting you need those tools. No. What we are suggesting is that you use your intellect, you use free resources, and you begin that process. And as you grow, and as you grow your book of business and you add more staff, you ultimately then can invest in those technologies, in those distribution channels, which will power, which will further power you forward, right? Yeah. So it's baby steps, right? Just think about how you digest that information, think about how you disseminate that information, and how you can make it more relevant to your clients. Right. And I think it's it's all about do you have a process in place already? Because if you do, it's a matter of okay, let's tell our clients about this, or let's get in touch with our clients, as opposed to what are we going to do to tell our clients about this? Because right. now you're already behind. Right. So we touched on something that I want to, I want to kind of, to address in this next segment and how technology is performing these functions behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? Because I think there's a lot to be talked about in terms of how you select technology, but how you get prepared for those changes. So when we get back from the break, let's talk about how software takes these kind of changes and implements them and how you as an advisor leverage them in your practice. I think I can do that. We can do that. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Planning Desk podcast. You know, we just got done talking about advisor practice management around communicating, educating, and implementing some of these changes that happen, quite frankly, frequently within our industry. Like, what happens at Navaplan? Like, what 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 is what what transpires when this kind of stuff drops? Well, uh, all of our beepers go off immediately when <laughs> Those like vintage yeah. Motorola yeah, beepers. Yeah, drop everything. What you're doing? No, I mean it's uh, it's certainly not a drop everything and um, yeah. and talk about it kind of thing. But uh, um, but it is certainly something that get, that we want to make sure that we're tracking. First first thing we want to look at is are there areas. Uh, new areas that we need to introduce into the code that we don't have today. If it's a matter of changing numbers, that's it's something to be aware of, and we need to certainly plan for that. But we do start to put preliminary plans together so that if and when certain aspects of this actually do, uh, you know, become actual laws, that it's a, it's a much smoother transition because as soon as these things take effect, um, you know, that's when when clients start calling and saying when it's going to be in there. And as they should. I mean, their clients are, are dying to know what their plans are going to look like with some of these changes. So we need to be able to react to that as, as soon as possible. So we are we watch very, very closely. Uh, not not necessarily developer hands on keyboard yet, but we start to put some plans together for sure. So it's like product strategy, business analysts. Yep. They all kind of digest it. Right. We get we have paid resources. We have free resources to kind of. Yep collect it all together then we look at the code base yeah same theme though gotta be i mean how quick like gotta be ready to react and not come up with a plan to react 
in real time. And I think we've done this a lot. I mean, with Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was dropped late December. That's always fun. Um, so kind of getting getting that all figured out. We turned out that around. on quickly, though, right? Yeah, we, oh, very quickly. Yeah, and because cool we were And the that functionality, and it's not relevant in this particular situation, but we had that toggle mm-hmm. toggle on and off. For the right? sunset, yep. Because it sunsets, right? Yep. And a lot of people don't think it will. So because similar to the Bush tax cuts. But again, we could debate that another time. But yes, it's being able to illustrate different scenarios based on you know what what could happen because that's really again where you're adding value to clients being able to very easily flip a switch and in two clicks be able to show them here's sunset versus non-sunset we've both been in sales at navaplan for some time right Mm -hmm. so you know we've within our careers we've sold navaplan to advisors and you know quite frankly i don't think i've ever heard an advisor ask me how often do you update your software? Hmm. Have you heard that? Yes. On the yeah. enterprise, so on the oh, larger yeah. side, but yeah. on the smaller side. No, it's it's definitely not something that comes up on, enough. And I think it's something that's so important and so easy to ask because you, if you get burned on it, then you're stuck. Then you get now you got to make start making technology dis- decisions, start looking at it. You know, it, does this integrate with this? So it is so critical as you're going through the process of evaluating technology and whatever that t- technology is, whether it relates, you know, it has legislative updates as part of it, but especially if legislative updates are tied to it, when, you know, when, how often do you update your software? For example, great, you know, something that should be top of mind, like how, how soon did you get the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act changes into your software? So that, not that I'm saying those in magnitude are, are indicative of what this is going to be like, but it's a great thing that, you know, that people can re- really easily tell you and use that as a gauge and start to compare it across different software that you're looking at for sure yeah i mean we but so to my point though while people don't ask us we still tell them we have right because it is not only is it um arguably a selling point for navaplan in our frequency of updates but also how quickly we can turn around tax right. updates mm-hmm. but also we think it's important to bring up even if the advisor doesn't ask because Absolutely. we have seen uh advisors get burned buying technology that is updated infrequently right Right where they are at the mercy of the technology provider and the responsive nature was lacking. So, my question to you now is: What other questions should an advisor ask around this particular topic, around technology changes as it relates to regulation? Yeah, I think well, certainly the the level of specificity that is is generated by by a given piece of software is is, is important because. If, if you're just looking at high-level marginal tax rates, certainly those are subject to change here as well. But when we get into the specifics of deductions and credits and whether those are calculated automatically and um, all of those types of things, I mean, the, the more specific the planning tool can get, the more that you're going to be able to show clients and evaluate the differences. Whereas if you're, you know, you're, if you're keeping it really high level and that's the, the, the most in-depth you can go, you're somewhat limited without you know, looping in an account, which is still great to have in your professional network, or doing some napkin math, Excel math, or something like that. In any event, there's now an additional step to the process outside of the technology package that you're used to using that you now have to figure out how to deal with, right? Yeah, I mean, I so I, you know, correct, right? And I always encourage advisors to ask questions around the customer success team. That's or, a good one. Or the, you know, what informational updates we get from you as a technology provider because you begin to really unearth some interesting things, right? If they don't have a customer success team or the support team isn't local or whatever those questions are, if you ask those questions, it begins to show how much the technology is thinking about you in the future, Mm -hmm. right? 
because um, I don't know, you're too young for this, but Ron Popeil famously said, <laughs> said it and forget it. Do you remember that with the pop? It was we, the Ronco? Pot? No, that was the Showtime Rotisserie Barbecue, man. I'm a huge <laughs> the Ronco, Ronco with the spray on hair. Is it Ronco? Oh. Okay. My point though is the, <laughs> not to get distracted. My point is this there are technology companies out there that sell you software and they're out. They said it yeah. and they forget it. Right. So you need to make sure you ask that question because, you know, in the particular case of Navaplan, you know, we have a customer support group. We have a customer success group. We also have a product marketing group that communicates these changes to you. And it comes in a form not only of verbal changes or communications through the support of success teams, but it also comes through a series of, you know, is it webinars, is yep. it email updates? And I think the most important one, though, is the release notes. Yeah. And the power of the release notes is twofold. One, it educates you on the changes that happened within the system mm-hmm. and tell, kind of tells you how we got there, uh, which allows you to double check not only our math, but our logic, right? Uh, but it also is a tool that you can use with your clients. Now, I'm not suggesting you share release notes with your clients, right? In fact, you cannot, right? You should not. But what can you do with those with that information? Yeah, and I, th- I think that's a... It's a, a huge difference between just saying, okay, we up, uh, everything's updated from a you know, tax legislation standpoint. I mean, okay, that's great. Step one for sure. But uh, if you're dealing with a comprehensive plan with a fairly complicated client or, or not, it's, it's still really beneficial. And that's where I think you know, the, our customer success team comes in with the webinars and what we're laid on the release notes is like, so where is this going to pop up within the tool? Where are you going to see the differences manifest themselves the, the most? So you're not just going through every single page every th- uh, in the tool, every single report page to try and spot the differences. We're giving you kind of the cheat sheet of saying, this is where you're going to see the, in- the impacts the most. Or here's a great report that maybe you weren't using before that you should probably use now because these changes are, are much uh, are, are reflected in a much more specific way here. And if your clients care about it, this is the report to use. Like we use a, I mean, we have a single year tax tax report that people say actually ends up being some pretty close to what their 1040 ends up being um, as far as what they're filing. And to be able to use that where maybe you weren't talking about it before, but now to be able to say, here's side by side, look where the numbers are different. That's what we need to pay attention to. And that's where some planning opportunities arise. So that's that's just one of many examples. But but being able to, to have a head start and where to look, you know, besides the important part of just knowing that it's updated and that everything's calculating correctly, um, having that second step is huge. Yeah, I think that that that's the foundation for gamma as well, right? So there's advisor gamma, which is related to intellect, empathy, the understanding of the client, how these things change. But then when you invest in the right software, such as Navaplan or a portfolio management tool, that also is implementing those changes. Yep. It again further reiterates the value of the advisor because you're making investments in software that are rapidly making these changes that are comprehensive, that they don't cut corners, right? So again, it demonstrates that and showcases that value. And I think I mentioned this in the first segment is the advisor needs to celebrate that, yep. right? They need to, I mean, in fact, we have advisors that celebrate that they use Navaplan on their website yep. because it is the penultimate tool in comprehensive cash flow planning. But more to that point, if you explain to your clients that, hey, I use this state-of-the-art tool that's updated frequently, that monitors these tax codes, that have business analysts, CFAs, other individuals that are looking at the code base, understanding it, and making those changes. That's value add. Yep. You know, Absolutely. that's something it's something more than saying, you know, uh, a robo-advisor might do for you. That's more than, 
In fact, you know, there are examples out there that we have with clients. And I know you know these stories about how they've ran comparisons against your, you know, you look, you can, you can do an assessment on how calculations are done with, say, a lightweight robo versus a comprehensive tool. And you can show that difference as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think having that trans like transparency when it comes to figuring out these calculations, that's where some of these robos have great illustrations and things like that. But if you ask, where did this number come from, this specific number, you're probably, you might have to go through a, a support process. Maybe you get your answer. But I think especially with Navaplan, we hear a lot that the transparency into the calculations and where they come from is huge. Not saying that other, other stuff out there is not accurate, because I'm, I'm sure it is. But advisors... You know, they're very, very sensitive and they want to make sure that if they're going into a meeting and talking about a given concept, any question that's going to come up, they yes. need to be ready to react to it. And if they can't, they're not going to use it. They're going to avoid the topic because it's that's that's better than than getting caught not knowing how to explain something. So having the transparency to see, OK, this is where the end result shows up. But here's one plus two plus three plus et cetera. And how we got there is huge. And that's not anything that, uh, you know, self-service tools um, or even very, very simple tools are going to have. Yeah, you're exactly correct. And I'll say this again. If you have confidence in the result of your technology, you'll have confidence in your answer right. to your client. And if you don't have confidence in your answer to your client, either A, you avoid it, or B, you lose that client. Yeah. Right? Because over time, they're going to be like, ah, eh, you know. Um, and that's so that's really critically important that you stay abreast of what's going on with the technology. Again, how frequently it's been updated, but staying in communication with webinars and updates Whatever those things are, whatever those tools you need to digest the change within the software is going to make you better at your practice, but it's also going to make you more confident, yes. right? And I, I think, so we've, we've summarized the technology relationship and we've, you've, we've kind of provided you, the, the advisor, with not only like the pre-selection questions you should be asking, mm -hmm. but also what you should expect during relationship and ultimately how that's going to help you be a better advisor. Thinking back to the regulate, regula, regulatory changes, thinking it back to how you select software, when you're picking, for instance, a planning tool, like how would that impact your decision? Uh, well, I mean, it, it probably impacts in a couple of ways. Are you asking in terms of like how often the updates come through? Like if you right, but also just question. like the comprehensive nature. And I guess yeah. what, I, what I'm suggesting is that we talk about like a lightweight robo versus a comprehensive tool. Think about how you provide advice and how that might relate to what technology you select. Well, yeah, the, the word comprehensive is 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 important there because there are a lot of great specific, you know, topical tools out there. Great tax planning tools that get into a lot of detail. Um, but the same thing for all the different goals that you can plan for on an individual assessment basis. But how I mean, we we know that our financial life has trade offs and things work together. So having that comprehensive, uh, that comprehensive functionality to know that not only are taxes represented underlying and you know everything that that a tool is doing but um, but you also have kind of a one-stop shop to go to you don't have to worry as much about does this integrate with this how much manual data entry am i transferring from this tool to the other tool because i have to use this tool for this functionality so it's uh well integration is definitely important it's 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 just one less aspect of your tech stack that you have to worry about evaluating or or potentially have you know being problematic if you're doing a lot of data entry so I think that's the most important part for me. Really making sure it's the right tool for you. Yeah. Right. So not even discovery around like regulation, but also just the tool itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And what kind of advisor you are, what kind of advice you provide, what level of detail you desire. Those should all be done in the technology discovery process. Yep. But also you should think about that even before you jump in. Oh, yeah. Right. 
And um, in fact, we're going to have a guest on very soon, and that's her practice. That's yep. her job is uh, Kristen Schmidt with RIA Oasis. That's all she does is she understands your niche, how you provide advice, the workflows. So that's another great way to understand technology is to kind of be a little bit introspective on that. So I think that's it, right? We covered a great deal in episode five. Five. Five on not only these cha- potential changes, but how you react to them and how technology can help you react to them. So that was a fun one. Pretty easy. I think I have to do the obligatory stuff, right? Planning desk. Find us on Twitter, MySpace, YouTube. Oh, I haven't set up a MySpace yet. No MySpace? All right. Let's bring that Go one to back. Go to the putting contest as well. We are going to have a putting contest. We need to get the camera set up for that because I'm going to crush him like – Oregonian red wine, great <laughs> yeah. crushers, whatever. Anyways, like and subscribe, share, comment. The Planning Desk Podcast on Twitter, YouTube, where all your favorite podcast episodes sit. I am Tony Steak with my co-host Tom Burmeister, signing off on the Planning Desk Podcast. Planning Desk out. Planning Desk out.